This is the Living Vertizano podcast, brought to you by The Church at Riverstone, a fellowship of the Church of the Nazarene in Madera, California. Today's bonus episode celebrates the one-year anniversary of Peanut's Closet, a foster closet that supports foster and reunifying families. Together, we will be discussing God's work in expanding His kingdom through this mission. Hi, everybody. I'm Nick. I'm Natasha. I'm Brittany. And I'm Derek. And we are the Living Vertizontal Podcast, uh, back with you this week and uh, slightly different time uh, because this is a bonus episode uh, where we are going to take a moment uh, to talk about one of the missions associated with the church at Riverstone, our our church. Um, And uh, this week we are celebrating the one-year anniversary of this mission and I haven't said what this mission is yet because I'm keeping you on the edge of your seat. Um, but so before we actually get into talking about what the mission is specifically, uh, I'm going to ask if Natasha will take a moment to just explain what it is that we as a church uh, hope to accomplish on mission. What When we talk about mission, what are we talking about? So Natasha, would you just talk about that for a moment? Yeah, so when we first met as a church plant team and we began praying about what um, God would have us do in this community of Riverstone, one of the things that came immediately to our minds was, well, we want to be a people that are focused on Jesus. um, And then as a part of that, recognizing who Jesus is, that he is, he was among us as one who served. And so if we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus, we have to be a people who serve. And so mission, I think, just from the very beginning has always been a part of what it is that we knew Jesus would have us do here uh, in this community. And as we kind of began to pray and dream about what that would look like more fully, we we knew that we were coming to a community that wasn't necessarily the type of inner city t- community that may have a lot of the typical needs that a church is meeting. And so we, we, this, it occurred to us, and I believe Jesus put this on our hearts that instead of maybe looking for ways to serve the people in a traditional missional way in our neighborhood, we would partner in mission with the people in our community to serve those that we were able to reach together. Uh, and we had no idea what that looked like. None no. of us were living in in Riverstone at the time. We just knew about it. It was just an idea. And so this was something, I think we moved here and we settled here a little over a year ago in December of, what would that be? 2000, 2021. 2021. Uh, and so as we're kind of getting used to this this place and and what it's like and what the community is like, we were believing Jesus to give us mission, but we we were kind of stuck there in this place. And, and so, yeah. And if I'm honest, I mean, you and I, Natasha had a number of conversations where we, we even said, man, we're a little frustrated here because we're not sure what Jesus wants us to do. We know that we are supposed to be on mission. We know that this is what mission was going to look like, more like a partnership with the people in our in our community, but we didn't know what it was going to look like. And it seemed like we were just in this period of waiting for a while. 
Um, but then that's where the other voices that you heard uh, earlier in the introduction are going to come in uh, because Derek and Brittany um, are, are really instrumental, foundational, pivotal, uh, whatever old words you want to use here. I don't know. Oh, please, please stop. No. Just keep it And coming. if you could yeah. see me, I'm just like begging him to say more. So part of the church plant team, I think they, is the word. Well, you're, they're part of the, they're, they're an integral part of the church plant team. But when it comes to this conversation of the mission that we are spending time to focus on, to do this bonus episode for, um, they, they are foundational for it. I mean, without them, we don't have this mission. Well, they were living vertizontal. They were listening. They were looking at the world around them and seeing what needs were there, recognizing those with their eyes living in a horizontal fashion. And then they were taking all of that back to Jesus and listening for him in a vertical way to respond to what they were seeing horizontally. And so I think it's just, it's a perfect a perfect example of application of living horizontal. And in all fairness, I think that it would be, uh, it would be remiss if we didn't mention that, you know, if you guys hadn't been practicing that in your lives for us to see and to join in with, then we very well could have missed what God had for us and what God wanted to use us to do. And so it takes, that's why like this living horizontal is not just, it, it, we, we can't look at it like we don't affect somebody else because the way we live affects someone else. And because, because you too, um, because God called you here and you were doing what God called you to do, brought us here because, you know, we were trying to do the same thing, what God wanted us to do. And as you lived out this horizontal life, it presented an opportunity for us to join in and partner together even as the body of Christ, we can still partner even and and still trying to get our neighborhood to do the same thing. But if we can't get it right here, we're going to have a hard time getting it right for the rest of our community. So, but I think, you know, I can kind of take over here and share a little bit about where Peanuts Closet, how it came about or what it is. First yes. of all, Peanuts Closet is a foster care closet um, for foster and reunifying families. We try to provide needs. We provide car seats, cribs, mattresses, beds, high chairs, pack and plays, diapers, anything that you possibly thought you could have needed for a baby, clothes, that we have tons of clothes. Um, But anything that you may need for a child or a baby, a teenager, um, we have most of those things that are necessary. Um, And so the really necessary things that we've found are cribs, mattresses, car seats, um, dressers and, and beds like twin size beds or something like that. So those are like the necessary things that you have to have for foster care. And really the only way we knew this is because we, we are foster parents. We have been foster parents. We got certified and when did we move into our, our house at Merced? 2021. It was, it was December of 2020. Yeah. So since 2020, we've been foster parents. Um, and so when we came here to Madeira, when we moved into our neighborhood, we have to we had to get our house certified so that they say it, you know, every, the kids are safe to come and live in our home. And we wanted to get um, approved for two kids, so we needed another bed. And so we reached out to our neighborhood. We were like, "Hey, need a crib or a toddler bed, um, and we're willing to pay for it." 
And I had like seven or eight messages like, hey, I have one I just want to get rid of. I was like, cool, this is awesome. I got a bed. And so it actually, <laughs> funny thing, it actually didn't have the right hardware. And so I just faked it so that I could take a picture to send to the social worker so that it looked like it was a bed. Full disclaimer, before a child slept in that bed, it had the correct hardware. <laughs> actually, no child slept in that yeah, bed because we had another bed for the kid that in- ended up coming to live with us. But I made it work <laughs> to get what we needed. But had it not been for the people in our neighborhood, that wouldn't have been possible. And they were just so willing to just give it out. And so here's where I'll let Brittany take over to share her part of the story. Um, so this, we, we put out this, I don't know, all points bulletin <laughs> about needing a, this, this crib or toddler bed. And the response was overwhelming. Um, Derek and I were, were traveling to um, Fresno. Um, we were just driving on the road and I, this idea popped in my mind that they need a place to put stuff that there is nothing. I did, I I did a quick search online. There is nothing like this anywhere from Modesto to Bakersfield. Um, that's a very large area. That's a lot of people. Um, I imagine that's a lot of foster parents, lost a lot of foster children. Um, there's nothing like that in that area. Um, So I kind of mentioned it to Derek. I'm like, hey, like this would, you know, we have an opportunity here. We have an opportunity to provide a space, Um, not a lot lot of space. We have kids. um, So, you know, all we can offer is half of a garage. But we have this space, um, this opportunity to provide a space for the community to bring things and for us to kind of facilitate distributing these things to people who need it because we have connections through foster care um, with agencies and through um, really the biggest, um, the biggest way that we contact with, have contact with people is through um, social media. Um, We're involved in a few um, foster care um, Facebook pages and that, you know, for us to be able to just be the space for the community to have their need is they have a lot of stuff. Um, kids grow up, kids grow out of clothing. They, they no longer need the crib. Um, and what can they do with it? Um, and then we, we just decided that that was absolutely something that God would want us to do. Um, yeah. And so Brittany and I were talking and we, we were trying to like remember how this sequence of events happened. And so that, that day was, Um, February 18th, February 18th of last year. And so I was like, well, we saw Nick and Natasha. So you guys must've come over to our house for dinner. But I remember like, as I didn't even let you guys walk in the door. Like I was already telling you, like we had this great idea and this is the cool part about, um, the way that things work, at least in our scenario, like we shared this idea with you guys and you were like, that's a great idea. And here I'm thinking like, whether they think it's a good idea or not. Like, we feel like this is something we need to do. But, like, God, this is how good God is. Like, when things, like, when you know it's something that he's in, like, your hearts resonate together. Like, we see, like, how this can be, how this can be good, how this can be effective. And so, yeah, it was a, it was quite a event. And, like, so we tell you that on the 19th, and by the 21st, like, we're buying shelves and, and totes and, 
you know, we, we started putting these together in our garage and, and like getting prepared to take stuff from people in the neighborhood. So it was quite a short, like whirlwind and, you know, not to try to like, it's like in the church, it can be very difficult to like get ministries going. And this was like one of those times where it was like, wow, that like, it should always be that easy because when God like moves and speaks, like we shouldn't have to wait for months and months and months to do something because you do that and you can like squelch thing within people. And so like, it's, it's very important. Like if we feel like this is something we should do, like at least for me going forward, that's a great indicator. Like we shouldn't wait for months and months and months to do things because man, it was, uh, it was pretty awesome to see how quickly God moved. I think it's, it was quick because like you said, it's, it's where God was moving. And so he was already preparing the way he was already preparing our hearts because of what we started talking about it with impressing on us what mission was going to look like for us, even though we didn't know the details of how that was exactly going to play out. We knew what mission was going to look like. And so when God impressed this on your hearts, when he spoke to you and you heard him, it was like an answer to our prayer. Yeah. It was an answer to prayer. I think for all of us, because we've all been praying, okay, Jesus, you, you told us mission. Now show us what it is that you want us to do. Right. And so, so this was the answer, that answer to prayer where it it was the opportunity to bring together our passion with the um, resources of those around us to serve the needs of people we were coming in contact with. And I mean, that is like the perfect um, ingredients for uh, a mission that has been doing pretty incredible things over this last year. Um, And and so kind of in that uh, vein of the conversation, um, would you guys think back over this last year um, to the the different uh, families that we have helped out, different situations we've been involved in, is there maybe one or two that maybe stick out to you? Obviously, we're gonna some of the details are gonna be left out um, on purpose, but are there any details where we can maybe just kind of paint the picture of what this looks like uh, from taking, not taking, but get, receiving the the resources from those in our community and being able to bless others with them? So I think one that really sticks out to me is you don't really know how much reach you have until like, you get kind of blindsided. And so someone reached out to me from Bakersfield. So for us, Bakersfield's, I don't know, what is it, about a Two hours. Yeah, about 140 miles or so. Um, and they reached out on, on Facebook through one of the foster parent pages that we're a part of, and there was nothing available to them. And so one thing you have to think is, like, foster parents, you don't have any resources for month. Uh, several months, maybe even longer. So like having those things at first is hard. And so she reached out and we were able to meet her like halfway. But I mean, things that like, you know, in somebody else's eyes, not that they were garbage, but they had gotten the use that they needed to out of them. And for somebody else, like they were so appreciative for things that somebody else had gotten all the use that they needed to out of them. 
And so it's just, it's things like that that make, you know, like if it weren't for the people in our community who are so willing to just say, Hey, and I'm, I don't know how many times like I've reached out like in within, as a matter of fact, the day we're recording this, I, I had multiple people. I reached out about a need today and it was filled within an hour and somebody else had one that they want to give. And so, like, we we can't meet these needs of somebody in Bakersfield if we don't live in a community of people that are like, hey, I've got one. They said, it, and it was brand new in the box. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, maybe that doesn't sound significant to someone else, but, like, to me, that's, that's a big deal. Um, and it was like an emergency placement. Like, the person got the child yesterday and like they're needing these things like today. I was going to ask a little bit more about that. Could you talk a little bit about what the need is for the foster parents? Because like you said, they, they are getting some support, but can you explain that process and why the, why peanuts closet meets this need so well? So for us, um, we've had four foster children. Um, there's an expectation of certain things that you have to have before, they want you to have like a bed, a, a dresser, and obviously a mattress for the bed. So if it's like an infant, it has to be a crib, a crib mattress, and, a, and they have to have a dresser. And then if they have to have a car seat. So those are like the things is, that they absolutely have to have. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, yeah. Is that based on the child that they know they're going to get or the child they think they want to get? Like what do they buy? So you get, so you get, you have an age range. So you get a, you can specify what age is. And like specifically for us, we're um, up to seven. Up to seven. Up to seven years old, which we We do not. We don't stick stick to that. that. Um, But um, so you kind of have an idea. So, um, when you get a call, um, sometimes it can be immediate, you know, sometimes the child can come immediately and the, the workers sometimes, you know, they, they, they kind of give you kind of a heads up of, Hey, this is what you're going to need, but you don't know. And you don't know until you get that child, what you need. Um, we've had children come to us that have a, a multitude of things and have very little need. And we've had, we've had child with plastic bags with a few things in it. We had one child that came with a diaper bag. Um, and we had the resources that we were able to go and take care of the need that she had, but not everybody has that. Right. And with foster care, you do get, you do, do get financial assistance, but that financial assistance does not kick in immediately. And so usually you need, the first child we had, he came to our house with his shoes, the soles falling off the, the shoes, and he hadn't said anything about it. And I only noticed because um, he had had tape on there, and the tape peeled away. And so, like, you don't really know until until they're dropped off. And I, when I say, like, dropped off, like, sometimes it's really like, here's the paperwork, sign it, like, mm-hmm. see ya. And so you, you really don't know what to expect. You can have an idea and you can even be prepared for one age child. Like we had the, the crib set up and then we got the, <clears throat> the call for the other child that we got and we needed a twin bed. So like you can be set up for one thing and need something completely different. And so there's nothing really out. There aren't many resources. I won't say there's nothing. There aren't many resources and none that we were aware of. Um, before Peanuts Closet came to be that that was available 
um, for those things. And so in this situation today, it was an emergency placement. Um, she messaged me at like, I don't know, nine o'clock or something this morning or messaged peanuts closet. So, um, and she needed four things and I was like, yeah, we can get that. We have that. We have that. And I'll see if I can get the other thing. And, and then I messaged her back and said, Hey, I've got it all. Like, and so, um, but if it wasn't for other people who saw the importance of what we do, like we wouldn't even be able to buy the car seats because any money that comes into peanuts closet goes directly into helping like support foster families and foster children. So because people have seen the value in what we do, we, we buy new car seats because there's a lot of liability in, in taking car seat from someone else that you don't know what it's been through. So we would feel better. We all felt that way when we kind of started this. Initially, we were taking car seats, and then the idea, like, we were trying to get information. We couldn't really get anything, and, you know, we felt more comfortable with, with sending something that we know if it was our kid we wouldn't want to make sure that, you know, it hadn't been in a wreck. And so um, we we are able to do that only because of people in our neighborhood and beyond who have seen the benefit in what we do. And I, I'm just blown away, like like I said, the, the person reached out to us, multiple people today, to fill the need. And that's usually the way that it goes. The people of Riverstone are so generous. And, you know, you talked about us partnering together with our community, like, they are just as much on mission as we are. Like Peanuts Closet can't exist in the way that it does if we're not here and people are so willing to just give. Honestly, like it's kind of blown, I think, all of us away just to what extent people have been willing to share what they have to help others, you know, meet the need. And we've met people through it. Most people if they know we're associated with Peanuts Closet, don't really know us, but they know about Peanuts Closet because we've posted asking for things and and people, like I said, have been That's so, our new introduction. Yeah, generally. <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you. Have you heard have you heard about those people that always request cars or always request yeah. beds and things? That's us. That's <laughs> us. But you know, we've met even a lot of foster and adoptive families in our own community. Um, who, who, you know, appreciate what we're trying to do and see the value in it because they've been there. And so I think that's, that's really helpful because we live in a community with people who have been in that same place, who've seen those same needs. And so I think that makes it really easy for people to want to jump in because they're not necessarily, there's any value in what we do, but in what we can do through, through the mission that, that God's given us. So a moment ago, you, it was a passing, a fleeting comment, passing comment is really quick. You made a statement of people in our community who have, uh, contributed and been a part of this and beyond. And that was all kind of what you left it at. Um, I, I'd be curious to, to know what kind of reach, um, has peanuts closet experienced over this last, over this last year? Well, um, in, within the last year, um, my father, I, I, we're from West Virginia, so, um, our families have to come and visit us most of the time. Sometimes we co- go there, but a lot of times they come and visit us. Um, and my, my parents came to visit and, you know, peanuts closet is a part of our lives. Um, just because we have family 
um, in town, it does not stop. And actually I feel like that week it was a super busy week for some reason. Um, I felt like we, um, provided a lot of things to people and my dad, um, was seeing what we were doing. He, he was hearing about it because we talk about it a lot. And my parents were foster parents and they adopted five children out of foster care. So they have some experience and understand, um, their children came with a multitude of things. Um, before they got their kids, their kids, the, their kids things arrived and it was, um, large black trash bags full of stuff. Um, so, and I remember my parents, they were give people had gave them bunk beds and dressers to assist them. So they, they've lived this, they, they've experienced it themselves. Um, so they're watching all of this, you know, all this activity at our house, um, hearing all the things that we're doing. And, um, my dad helps manage a business in West Virginia. And, um, he saw the, he, he saw, he saw exactly what was going on. He wanted to, he wanted to be a part of that. Um, so he, he made a donation from the, the, you know, from the business and was able to help support how many car seats did we determine? Um, I mean, it would buy like 50, but I mean, that's not even all the reach Mm -hmm. that we've been able to, to see. Um, we, we have a, I don't know, for me, more like an acquaintance, but you may know him a little better, but somebody that reached out to us about writing an article, um, about what we were doing, uh, in the church of the Nazarene, they have a, is that monthly Nazarene news? Yeah. I'm not sure how often it comes Bi-weekly. out, but it comes out and <laughs> regularly. So, <laughs> and, and so he kind of interviewed us and got some information and wrote an article. And like for us, like, you know, that was already like, you know, cool. F- yeah, it was cool. <laughs> that was cool. We had it and it was done. And if few people did make comments about, man, I never made it into the Nazarene news, but that was not our goal to make it into the Nazarene news. But anyway, so, you know, the article was written and a few months later, um, we were getting stuff ready for a VBS that was going to collect their offering and give it to us to support peanuts, right. To support peanuts closet. And, um, as we were doing that, we were getting these stories together of what God's done. Somebody reaches out and says, from Georgia, and says, hey, uh, I saw your article, and we'd like to touch base because we would like to try to do that here. And so, you know, we interacted on multiple occasions. We immediately got on Zoom. That is true. We did. It was that day. It was. It was immediate. But I think It was a Sunday afternoon. We were all blown away, and it was another like story that we got to share that w- for that week of VBS about what God's doing. But right. um, they have actually started; they've got their room together, and they're getting their stuff together, and they're 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 outside of Atlanta, like an hour or so outside of Atlanta, and and that's cool. Um, that you know, God is He's not just like centralized to one location; He works. And, you know, we're part of a global church and we know how God works. And so like the heart of the church in the Nazarene is mission. And so mission doesn't just exist in one place. And so I think it's really cool that God can use something that he gave to one person to to be able to affect others. And so I think that's really cool. But we've seen God move, um, I guess you could say, across the country um, through through what he's given us with Peanuts Closet. Yeah, and I would say that's definitely one of the things that I've been, I guess, just really surprised by how, you know, a year ago when 
this idea was put out there when we came over to your house as we were walking in the door. <laughs> um, I don't think I ever had the thought that saying yes in that moment, a year later we'd be talking about a, a mission that is not just growing quickly in the area that we're in, but also moving beyond the, our area into, you know, a, a sister closet opening in Georgia and people in other parts of the country asking how they can help and participate in what we're doing. It's just, it, again, it's, it's further affirmation, just like there was that affirmation in the moment when you, when you guys came to us and said, Hey, this is what we think God is wanting us to do. And we're like, absolutely. Like the fact that our hearts were all in accord right there, it's just, it's further affirmation that this is the mission that God is calling us to. Um, probably not the only one. I'm sure there's going to be others out there. Right. Um, and that's exciting. But this is one of the ones that we have had the opportunity to participate in. And it's, it's exciting. Um, and with that excitement, um, I, I think a big part of the excitement is the help we're able to give. And so I would just be curious as a ballpark, what do you think? How, how many, how many families or, or foster situations do you think that we've been able to be involved in over this last year? If I had a ballpark, I'm going to say around 60 families we've been able to help. But in saying 60 families, that doesn't mean like 60 families once. Right. Because you and I know of at least like one family that we helped like three or four times yep. with things. Um, and so, I, I mean, I don't know how many I mean, like we were talking today, we've given away thousands of dollars worth mm -hmm. of things that were donated from people in our neighborhood. Right. And that doesn't count thousands of dollars we've spent on like car seats. That's just on like get, like goods that people have handed us to give out. And so I, I couldn't even put a price tag on what we've get, been able to, to re-gift to people. And I think it's important people know because people ask all the time. We nobody gets paid for Peanuts Closet. Peanuts right. Closet is completely we volunteer our time and our our efforts so that we can continue this. So everything that's poured in just goes right back out into Peanuts Closet. So I mean, it's not like um, anybody's getting anything in return other than being able to help. And so uh, I would say, I don't, I want to know, we've, we've helped probably around 60 families, but I mean, like some I of said, those families multiple times, some of those families yeah. multiple times and given thousands of dollars in cribs and beds and mattresses and dressers. And I mean, we're giving stuff that like, I, it's going to last. Right. And yeah. so I, I thoroughly, like, I can't say it enough from my perspective as one who touches more of the things that we give away, like. I'm blown away by our community and their sacrifice and their willingness to give. Uh, and I don't know that there's any way that I could truly express gratitude, not only to the people in our neighborhood, but anybody who's seen value in what we've done. Like, I don't know that there's a way that I could truly express um, how much it means to me to just be a part, like that they trust us enough to see, like that they trust us to steward over things that they've worked hard to attain that God's mm -hmm. given them. And so like, I, I don't take, take that lightly that people do that in regards to what we do. So usually at a, uh, 
a, an occasion such as this where you're celebrating uh, an anniversary of something, you look back, but then you also at times will look forward. And so, um, so something that we do as a church is we allow Jesus to ask us this question when we come together of, what are you believing me for? Jesus asks in scripture, do you believe? Um, and we see throughout the gospels that, that faith, that belief is an integral part of his work that, that is accomplished throughout the gospels. And so I'm going to, I'm going to ask you guys to maybe go out on a limb, but what are you guys believing Jesus for on behalf of peanuts closet over this next year? I, um, I'm believing that this will become more, that we will provide more than just material needs that we will be able to, um, and I'm going to think big, um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to believe that we are going to have a, a medical clinic for foster kids. Um, it's really hard to get kids into the doctor. Um, Medi-Cal doesn't make it easy. Um, but I, I believe that we are going to have the opportunity to provide medical care to children in foster care, that we are going to be able to provide services such as therapy and, um, guidance for foster parents and parents who are trying to get their kids back hmm. because that is a, that is the purpose of foster care is to reunify to stand in the gap when a family is in need and uh i believe that we are going to um i believe jesus is going to do some really great things um i don't know how <laughs> and i don't know when but i i truly believe that he is really going to grow this from just a a thought and a closet to meeting all the needs that a foster child might need. So um, I I don't know that I'm going to put any kind of, like I'm believing specifically for one thing, but I know that whatever Jesus does, it's going to be more than I can fathom hmm. because we've already come that far. Like this was already, like when we sat at our house and told you guys and we were excited about it, I didn't see this. But we went to, we, there's a men's Bible study in our community. And the thing that someone shared with us there about what, what parents whose children go into foster care, what, what hurdles they have to overcome. I'm, for, for reunification. For reunification. Right. Um, I'm believing that we can stand in the gap, that God's going to provide, that God will provide the means for us to be able to stand in the gap for families that are, trying their hardest to get their children back. Like we have other people in our church that are believing God for housing for similar people. So I believe that Jesus is going to do that. I believe the clinic is important because we've seen the struggles. I believe high doctors are important because we've seen the struggles with, with the insurance and dentist. Like I'm believing Jesus for all those things. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I believe if Jesus, like, if he took it from our thought, from our mind, and, like, physically placed it before us, it was in our garage, it's going down the road, but it's still here. But, I mean, I, I really think that there's no limit to what God could do. I know that kind of is really broad and not specific, but, I mean, I, 
I never thought there would be another peanuts closet on the other side of the country. So I don't know why I would limit God. Like, why couldn't we, why couldn't we do orphanages and things like that? Why do we just have to say like, it doesn't just have to be here. Like Mm. God's bigger than that. And so I don't really know that I can, I mean, I don't want to make it too small or too big. He's, he's a big God and I don't want to put him in a box. Mm. Um, But I also don't want to make my focus so broad that I miss what he's trying to do. So I don't know. I'm just trusting that whatever he does, that we're going to be listening just like we were when he gave us the idea before. What about you guys? What are you believing for Peanuts Closet? Because you're part of this. I would say for me, um, one of the things that's always sat really heavy on my heart when talking about the foster care system is the, the advocacy for reunification. I mean, um, Christ has called us to be agents of reconciliation in the world as Christians. Like that is, that is literally our job. Um, ambassadors who are agents of reconciliation. We represent Christ on behalf of others and are, are working to bring things back together. Um, and as you shared, you know, when we heard about the, the hurdles that families have to overcome to work towards reunifying with their child. It's pretty, um, overwhelming. Um, and I, I'm believing that, that Jesus has something for us in that realm because that's what he called us to do in a general sense. Why wouldn't we be doing that in this sense too with peanuts closet? Um, and so I'm not sure what that looks like. Uh, necessarily, but I'm believing that we just uh, a, a week ago were able to help in a situation for reunification, provide some things uh, as a part of a family that was reunifying, which is awesome. But I'm believing it's going to be more. It's going to be more of that and more than that in the reunification process. Yeah, I think I'm believing Jesus along with those people in our church. I see Um, I don't know, the first time that the people in our church shared about two actually separate conversations with two separate people who didn't know each other that are, yeah, Yeah. at the time that are a part of our church, God had been leading them to have a, essentially a rehabilitating housing um, complex or housing placement location, could be a house, whatever, for people to get back on their feet for people who kind of just been knocked down by life circumstances to help get them rehabilitated, to partner them with people in our, in our church or beyond to teach them certain skills, help them get businesses started, whatever the need is. And then to, I I mean, I don't know. I see that for, for these families who are really seeking reunification. And I think a Honestly, as we've wrestled with a lot of this, I feel like a big piece of this for us is going to be adding this Spanish speaking side to it. Uh, None of us sitting in this room speak really any Spanish beyond, you know, a couple of things we learned in high school. So it's it's not pretty. Um, So I think maybe what I would say is I'm believing Jesus over this next year to open up a Spanish ministry opportunity for Peanuts Closet. And I don't know what that'll look like, and I don't know how it will help um, specifically, but I know that it's a huge need. And so I think, yeah, that's what I'm believing Jesus for. That's awesome. Some pretty big things 
But the cool thing is we serve an even bigger God. All right, so I think that just about does it on time. And we hope as you have listened to this um, this podcast today, you've begun to get a little bit of a glimpse, a little bit of an understanding of uh, what Peanuts Closet is, and, and maybe more importantly, as a part of that, what it means for us to be on mission uh, in this community and on behalf of Christ. Um, and so uh, with that, uh, if people were curious as to how maybe they could get involved, um, how might they do that? Well, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we're at Peanuts Closet. Or you can um, find us at thechurchatriverstone.org forward slash Peanuts Closet. Be sure to follow the Living Vertizano podcast to stay current on all our new releases. To learn more about The Church at Riverstone, visit us at thechurchatriverstone.org.